Hey, it's been a minute and I'm glad we're back. Like we have so 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 many many things lined up for you today. And of course, this is the Tech Point Africa podcast and I hope you guys our listeners have been keeping safe, well and dry. And of course, our thoughts and our love are with everyone affected by the flood. And of course, those who have been earmarked to have imminent flooding. People like me, people like Nifemi, and uh, a lot of other people. But yeah, our thoughts and prayers are with you, and I hope you guys are keeping safe. And yeah, just try to stay as safe as possible because, I mean, with COVID, we could tell you to wear masks and keep social distances, but with the flood, I guess. Telling you to learn how to swim might be look might be insensitive <laughs> yeah. because something can hit your head even and you can't swim against the tide. Waterborne disease. <laughs> yeah, waterborne disease. So yeah, I do I don't know. Yeah, and of course, um Imano once again and I'm here with me on the studio are Uluani Femi and Bolu. And yeah, behind the scenes we have our two awesome and lovely ladies. Yeah, can your studio ever have that? Two ladies manning the African <laughs> Like, please, uh, shout out to Onome and Gracious behind the scenes. Of course, uh, Timbozin is locking somewhere behind. And he acknowledges it. He doesn't acknowledge that I'm acknowledging him. <laughs> but it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. So, there, there were lots of conversations and stories over this week. And yeah. we had a story that has caused a lot of backlash and controversies. I mean, Nifemi, you made me spend time on Twitter yesterday bouncing with people. I, I don't like engaging Twitter people because I don't feel like everybody just wants to feel smart. But uh, uh, to a large extent, a lot of the people who wanted to use data to fact check didn't fact check anything. But okay, before I even get to the heat of it, we wrote a story and it, so, it told us that less than, way less than 0.1% of Nigerian workers are migrating. So where exactly is the brain drain. To paraphrase, we were saying, or we are saying, that Nigeria does not have a brain drain problem. So, people wanted to fact check what we did. And there is three very, very important points. Beyond those who were very, very insulting and direct abusive, some people actually raised some valid points. And I agree with them. I didn't agree with them on Twitter, but I want to actually come and drag you for them now. Number one, why did you focus on US? Okay, first and foremost, I want to appreciate you for having my back yesterday on Twitter. <laughs> hey, you won't find me to be the confrontational type. I won't answer. Okay. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> so it's me that is not confrontational. Thank you for having my back. And the other thing I would like to raise is we should pay more attention to the content of pieces like this that question what we believed, right? Um, when when we see things discussed a lot, a number of times, right, in a way that's supposed to get us alarmed, and we keep seeing it, and we keep seeing it from reputable people and people that we um, respect, and it is it is bound for us to agree with them and believe there's a problem. But when you now see something that questions that belief, what you should do is to pay attention to the content of that piece. I would like to ask that, did you read that piece? Were you riled up by the headline, right? Did, did I provoke you in a way that you feel I am questioning your intelligence? I would like to advise that you actually take a look at the piece. It, it addresses a lot of issues beyond how many people are leaving the nation, what we should do about it, what is causing it, what we should pay attention to instead. Now to your question, right? Aside the fact that we do not always have access to a lot of data, even the UN cannot say they have access to unlimited data. Right, sometimes, especially when you want to talk about immigration, it is what is recorded by that particular country that you can record. Sometimes you might not even be able to distinguish people that were giving birth in a particular country and moved out, and uh, from people that were of um, another country's descent that are living in another country. So you can might not be able to separate who the immigrants are exactly. Yeah. But that is by the way the reason we used 
I actually used US is because US has been over the years been the most preferable destination for immigrant international immigrant. Oh, okay. But I, I saw a lot of people saying, oh, UK, oh, EU, oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know whether we sometimes take ourselves out of our bubbles, right? We, yeah, maybe many people in our bubbles are in our network are moving to Europe, right? But as far as I'm concerned, data don't lie as they say it. Um, the International Organization of Migration is a UN partner organization recorded as of 2020 of the fifth of the um, 280, over 280 million international immigrants. Right, 50.6 of them are in the U.S. 50.6 of them are in the U.S. Million, million. No, 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 no. I mean general of that big number. 50.6 of them from all over the world are in the U.S. Okay, so but we are Nigerians going to... Yes, now Nigeria's Nigeria's stats, according to IOM, right, is showing that it's not like migrating at the moment, but the number of Nigerians that are international immigrants in other countries, I um, it's just like zero point eight percent of our total population. It's like let's say one point eight million, right? And this includes people that live as dependents, as dependents rather, the, um, people that live to go and study, people that go for tourism. Are on tourist visas, people that are on work visas that are um, limited to a number of years, people that are actually relocating, right? It's, it's, it's like, I think the, the what's it called, our behind the scenes should be, um, they should show us the number of Nigerians that are in, in these countries. And U.S. tops that list. The country that has the number most um, the highest number of Nigerians mm. who are international immigrants, and I'm sure this would not cover illegal immigrants. Okay, because so they're not recognized. So for I, I think I was seeing the data before we came on the podcast. It shows that the U.S. immigrants, Nigerian immigrants that are in the U.S., almost doubles those in the U.K. Yes, yes. Europe is just down the list. It's not like after U.S. Mm. Right, there's mm-hmm. Italy, there's Nigerians are migrating to Ma- to Niger. Cameroon. Yes, and and they're in the one hundred and something thousand. Wow. Yes. So, uh-huh. so <laughs> Cameroon is also on the list, I believe. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just a matter of understanding or allowing the data that we have to inform our decision, and and not just stick to what we believe. Or what we want to agree with. Okay, so now quickly, now quickly, right? Because I'm already getting the message that we don't have much time again for this story. But another important point, which I think we should address. So please permit us to go beyond that minute. Just told us number one: the people migrating are very, very critical to Nigeria. Number one: the healthcare workers, the doctors Mm -hmm. and nurses, they are migrating in thousands. So. Does does that article actually address that, or what is the outline scenario in this instance now? Since there are a lot of doctors and nurses that are leaving the country. Okay, so um, I think we should consider what it means to have a brain drain. Okay. Right, brain drain means like when this when a significant number of the of your professionals, right? Mm, so is it fair to people? say the healthcare sector, for instance, now is having a brain drain, even if we can't say. Nigeria generally. General yeah. workers. It's maybe we can, but I'm not agreeing to that there's a brain drain because Nigeria <laughs> always has a deficit in oh. its uh, medical sector. But um I mean professional deficit. Okay. Right? Of um normally w- what WHO recommends is one doctor. We're not talking about nurses here. We're not talking about medical lab scientists or technologists. Here. Doctor, one doctor to five hundred patients. But the situation in Nigeria, according to the most recent stats, we are private to is one doctor to five thousand patients. Wow! Right, we are falling behind already 
we have always had a deficit, right? Okay. We have never really, we have never met the WHO, not in our history. Okay. You get, so we've always had a deficit of doctors. But yes, um, there's a, um, starts showing that between, f- in the past six years, right, we've almost lost 10,000 um, doctors and nurses to the UK. Right, because they have things that are attracting them, policies from the GMC uh, is attracting them, right? So if you want to, we might not have access to the numbers of doctors and nurses and medical practitioners in Nigeria, but think of if you want to give a wild estimate to other countries, let's say 50,000 medical practitioners has um, migrated from Nigeria compared to what we have on ground. I'm sure the, I'm not sure, but we can say that the number of medical practitioners that we have is way more than that, right? So we can say, if you want to consider uh, numbers. For, uh, for I think according to Statista, we had uh, about 24,000 doctors as of 2019, 2020, according to that data. So let's say if we have 24,000 in just 2019, mm-hmm. um, say 6,000, 8,000 has left in the last five, six years, uh, how, how, many of, how many of that are living like that? Let's say a thousand plus every year. Every year, so the issue now is okay. There's after there has why well, I hear what you are saying, right? In our history, we've always had doctor shortage. I wanted to ask a question. Yeah, I was go- I was going to ask. Say this particular bit could be a bit subjective based on the angle we are looking at yeah, looking at it from. Different. Yeah, so there's the angle that in the first place we've never even had enough medical practitioners. We have not yet trained enough people. And then you can say, okay, we don't have enough. It's not as a result of brain drain. You can yeah. say that. But then the that. little that we now have are now living. But so what if you look at it from that perspective, you can now say. So, but, so there's a school of thought okay. that says it's better for a country to lose its professionals than lose education, ed- educated, unemployed population. Hmm. You get. What school of thought is that? Because I'm going to ask you in the comment section. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I can't place, but I've seen conversations on that, discussions on that. Okay. Right. It's better for you to lose your professionals. The, uh, when you lose the uneduc the educated um, unemployed unemployed population, it can cause a drain more than losing the professionals hmm. because there is every chance that you can train the educated ones, upskill them, or take them as sentence, bring them in, train them, and make them to get to the point of where those professionals are, the, the, the gap they are living. So what, you are saying, living for. so what you are saying is if the professionals, if the educated, unemployed leave, it will cost more harm. When the professionals in your company leave, there will be nobody to train. Yes, because mm. when those ones, not even leave, when they retire, when they even retire. Yes. Too. When they get to the peak of their career and they move on, who do you replace them with? Mm. Because we might we might because we have them, it's a case of you don't know how valuable something is until you lose it. So mm. exactly. they are there and then they work till they are seventeen. So Before think, they are seventeen, you don't the, make any plans of the summary of this is just read the article. <laughs> there are other things you have to focus on and yeah. it's not about whether people are living or not. How do we make things better for us? How do you train the people that you have to make them better, to feel positions you're supposed to feel, which we will discuss in one of our podcast, ep- podcast episodes on how companies should respond to, br- to talent migration. I almost said mm-hmm. How companies can respond to talent migration and what it will cost companies to hire new skills or upskill the ones they have. So those are the things we should pay attention to. Mm. One love. Mm. <laughs> All right, calm down. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, that was an interesting one. Um, what I would say is, if we've in the last few weeks, right, uh, we saw the British Prime Minister, someone from India, and we've been celebrating India weirdly on social media. We've been making a lot of noise about oh, India, ah, they've taken over the world. If you go on Twitter, you see almost every tech company in the world, major companies in the world, are uh, being led by Indian CEOs, SoftBank, Fund, Microsoft, Google. 
Twitter. Twitter. There are so many, right? A lot of text years, but why are we celebrating that and not calling that a brain drain? Are you going to say because India has one billion population? That's not no, no, you can't use that because when we use that for Nigeria, you say we can't use the entire population. We actually need to find the people who have been earning $10,000 a year and above who are living. So the question now is, the people who live in India, does that not point to brain draining India too? Then, number two, for your skilled workers, the fact that your senior engineer left and your engineering team is in shambles, whose fault is that? Is that the fault of the senior engineer? No. He has to do what is best for him. Is that the fault of Nigeria? No. They're still trying to fix roads and give people food. It's not the fault of Nigeria. It's you. You are probably not just prepared to handle the loss of senior engineers because why? These engineers, they will always leave. They might not leave the country, but they will leave to another company. Everybody in the start world is business. for your tailing, Exactly. Talent. Then number three, even if you leave, even if they leave, if not for talent migration, would we have companies like Main One today? Main One is one of the most important companies Nigeria has brought on board. The CEO worked in the U.S. for some years before she came back to Nigeria. And then she came back with Nigeria and built stuff. So, there are lots of conversations around this. And uh, so many, 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 many more. Many, many more. <laughs> 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 All right, let's, let's hear a message from the people in our house friends. And we should get Hi, I'm Abisola Adenoga, the head of business at TechPoint Africa. Did you know that you could present yourself as a reputable brand leader? Did you know that your business can get the limelight it deserves? Now you do. Using TechPoint Africa's marketing tools, we can put you in the faces of a large audience for brand awareness and thought leadership. To do this, reach out to us by sending an email to business at techpoint.africa or click on the link in the description below. Hey guys, welcome back to the Tech Point Africa podcast. So, like I said, so many, many stories. And we have Chingozerim here with us eventually. Yeah, we just had to drag Nefemi into this podcast because she's... I missed she, that conversation. You missed the conversation. What did you want to say? No, don't say no, anything. Don't say anything. It was a very, very tactical. Because I saw some of your replies yesterday. I was like, guy, calm down now. No, no. Like, uh, you say it. <laughs> no, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. <laughs> Okay, so this week we had 54 Jane CEO has stepped down, and yeah. 54 Jane has been. I think they laid off. They laid yes, off yes, yes. So the story has been. The story is quite. There's a lot to unpack. There are a lot of dots that need to be connected. So on Tuesday, 25th of October, the 54 Jane CEO and founder Ene Abasi Obong. He announced that he was stepping down as the CEO of the company. 54G was founded in 2019. It's an health tech company. And it, this is coming after the VP of engineering, who is also a co-founder, left just about a month ago. And, you know, when things like that happen, you start, it's normal for people. It's logical for people to raise eyebrows. Co-founder left, CEO left. And then when you attempt to those 54 gene has not come out to tell us okay this is exactly what happened um the ceo has not said this is why exactly this is why i'm leaving but then sometime in august they laid off about 30 percent of their work of their workforce which you know when you think about it you start thinking okay is it related and then after that um during the time they laid off um there were allegations of financial impropriety and um, <laughs> financial impropriety against the <laughs> <laughs> English you know finishers. He started with MMO. So he 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 you begin to think, right? This there's an allegation about thirty percent of the workforce was laid off. And then I see you stepping down. Something sounds fishy. Something definitely sounds because fishy. CEO left one month later. CEO is stepping down, and the next CEO is not the COO. It's it not is the, the general counsel. Assisted. She will be the interim CEO. Yes, her name is Teresia L. Boats. Hmm. So sigh. And then when you look at it again. You might say, okay, it's probably because 
they've also been facing some um, issues after, especially now that the entire because the I think there was a boom. They had like a business boom during the COVID nineteen. Nineteen, but it didn't last. Yes, it didn't last because their lab was able to they were able to you know, one of the uh, companies that really took on the COVID nineteen tests. They did a lot of tests actually. Probably the company that did the most in Nigeria, and then now that you know, the entire COVID-19 thing is dying down, it's reduced. So, oh, okay. So, I I don't know what to think about this because the 54 genes proposition is not something you see normally in Africa. Yeah, and it's it sounded very futuristic, and. I had a lot of hopes on it, not because of what it can achieve now, mm-hmm. or because of its potential. You know, very very few countries invest in R and D in Africa. Yeah. And for me, I felt 54 genes original proposition, which is genome sequencing and yeah. all of that. It's actually something that's supposed to be R and D heavy. So, I was expecting more of grants, more of. Mm-hmm. Uh, aids for research i haven't really f- placed my finger on the business side of things like the capitalist side of things yeah it's it's not only you it's not only you and when you think about it when you think about other companies like biotech companies companies involved in all this genome sequencing things like that they are not companies that you invest in with the aim of making profit making profit early like regular startups right and the funny thing is they actually require even more funding than your you know, average fintech you startup. Average they startup. need a lot of money. And obviously that's probably why we've seen that 54 Gen has raised I think over forty million dollars since twenty nineteen when it was founded. And yeah, you can't you need a lot of money to do this thing. You need a lot of money to keep running these things and Profits is not something you have in mind to see in mm. the next seven so years. Even ten years. Probably. But you reach out to them with some of all these questions we had. Well, the way everything does looks weird. Exactly. Did they give you any answer? Did okay. Yeah, they gave an answer, but <laughs> it was not the answer we were looking for. <laughs> they simply told us that they were not um, going to answer some of those questions at this time. The questions were, where exactly? Why exactly is he leaving? Uh, the questions were... Um, why isn't the COO or another co-founder you know, taking over? Why does it have to be someone else entirely? And they were not at this time, according to what they said, going to you know, answer those questions for now. Okay, okay, that's <laughs> fine. Uh, I, I trust that you are still doing some digging to get to the bottom of that because, well, definitely. because it's not just me, not just tech points. A lot of people actually they're rooting for 54 gen in 2020 they won the start of the uh, tech point awards yes, yes so they they are really really doing something interesting I mean, and what they are doing is is it's, it's quite important it's important for you know, african gene to start becoming part of you know um, medical and health exactly. research so when they create new medicines new drugs we know that okay the African gene was involved in the creation of those things. So mm. we keep doing some digging and I hope all is well. As if okay. <laughs> all right. So before before we move on to other stories, right, uh, I just wanted to point out something. MTN, uh, just a quick mention, MTN was sued by a customer for misleading adverts. What happened was MTN advertised the Samsung Galaxy S22 and if you buy it with your promo, you get a free 25 watt charger. That you won't know the importance of that until you have to get a Samsung Galaxy X series and you mm-hmm. don't have a charger. I've walked around Lagos looking for a charger that will not break my pocket because I just have a certain idea in my head that charger should not cost more than a certain amount. Like I wanted to buy for my S21 and telling me it costs ten thousand naira. Ten thousand naira, about like <laughs> how? How much are airports? That's not the point. I don't think 10,000 is too much for a charger. For a charger, does the head? Oh, well, okay, okay. because I had the cord. Yeah, it comes with the cord. Yeah, so a free 25 watt charger and 
the guy said he only received the phone but he didn't get the charger mtn's argument was stocks had already finished lasting <laughs> by the time he got Offer the phone valid, stock so lost. yeah offers valid why stop i'm thinking lasts. about that i'm just thinking of all the people i could possibly see you <laughs> yeah so mtn is saying the fact that there was a, a case like that before and the court ruled that the person in question, the person that was suing, had needed to have read everything, all the terms and conditions. But the advertising regulatory board in South Africa, oh sorry, this happened in South Africa by the way, so saying that was a contract. But this is an advert in a leaflet which people typically don't try to read, read religiously. Thoroughly. So in that your message that you are putting it should be very very clear and obvious and a lot of nigerian companies are guilty of this Zonti, you see the ad you're excited then when you try to patronize them they will tell you oh it's only for this thing oh it's only for this and you bury deep inside their terms and conditions and it's something that could get a lot of companies sued uh i was in argument with a company a few last weeks when when i was getting this but same thing you wanted to add my card and you tell me, oh, a 15 error deduction will happen. And I accept it. But when I added my card, I see a 2,000 error deduction. I saw the same thing. And I know the company is talking about it. Come on. <laughs> I didn't say you should not deduct 2,000 error. But tell me before you deduct it. So I'll be expecting it. I was. Did you fight? Hmm? Did you fight? I just, just a little bit. They are my people. That's why I didn't really disturb them too much. But. That those are the kind of things, little little details that you go and bury in your terms and conditions for stuff like this. Please try and make it obvious. That that's just by the way. Then mm-hmm. moving on to this, which one should we do first? CBN or cloud commerce? CBN or cloud commerce? Is it a cloud commerce? Cloud commerce. Yes. Yet another case of another C. Yes. Being yes, charged Allah. with improprieties. So give us a brief rundown. Very 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 brief rundown because I don't want to dwell too much on that story either. Okay. So yeah not to dwell too much on it so yes the story right um the ceo of cloud commerce ceo and co-founder of cloud commerce was a couple of allegations were leveled against him chief of them was financial proprietor all right so um i hope i'm pronouncing that, that to again. <laughs> <laughs> no no come on come on <laughs> i thought you're my guy Okay. Right yeah. Now, so right. um there were a couple of other allegations such as him overworking the engineers, um aggression, a lot of things like that. And you know, the whole story came together in an investigative piece by Wichaka on the twentieth of October and it showed how you know he was diverting funds. It's alleged that he was diverting funds that was invested into cloud commerce into personal things and they said he was traveling he had he was taking dodgy trips expensive hotels car rentals and a lot of things like that and yeah it was a lot a lot a lot and funny enough um within the um i think yeah last week they released a um they came up with a press release that was um, refuting the claims that denied the claims um, made in that article and they said it was untrue that they were unfounded rumors by a safe investor so one thing to note about that was the press release was unverified um, the source was unverified there was no actual signature by any it said the press release said it was from members of the board, right? But there was no signature by anyone in the board to say, okay, this is who or these are the people that actually like no one assented a signature on the press release. And so yeah, but the press release said one that he did not that the CEO um, in the name of Olumide Olusoya DO is popularly known did not um divert any funds into his personal pocket okay said, i said brief okay, okay. You, you've been giving us the gist but okay. i i get i think any if you want to hear the full story just go and read the article yeah. but it's important to point out that if you're an investor you're giving them money teaching them how to do pr 
Because that thing was a master, it was a disaster class in PR. So one thing I've found is most of these tech startups like to relate to the media on their own terms. Everybody does. Everybody, yes. So the thing is, that statement, for instance, could have helped the WeTracker article. Not a statement from that wasn't signed with the secretary who probably hasn't updated his LinkedIn in a while. Or does he even have a LinkedIn? He <laughs> does, he does. He hasn't updated it in a while. So then the person in question with these allegations refuses to say anything. Right. I know it's easy to say, like I mentioned, I, I tweeted it during the week. It's easy to say, oh, this was a disaster class in PR. But the question is, does any company know how to handle disasters in Nigeria? I haven't in seen. Nigeria. So far, no. I haven't seen. Jumi is a little bit good at it. They've been able to manage the whole stock so exchange thing. In this case, you know, my problem is, so first of all, you decided to address a claim that was, I mean, any founder it's it's a huge claim if you are accused of financial impropriety we can let every other thing slide but a lot of people will not let financial misconduct slide mm-hmm. but you know say this year rumor started by one safe investor but in the witchwalker article there's at least two investors one anonymously one whose name and firm is there so if we're going to say it's a rumor started by one person, you need to now tell me why the second investor did not disagree with that rumor or did they bully the investor into agreeing. So, I mean, sometimes it's just better not to say anything than to say something and then you have to, okay, let's, yes, the company is being diluted right now, but what if you are still in existence and you needed to just do something again and put out some i mean first of all i'm going to this i'm going to be very skeptical about any other thing you put out because one you couldn't adequately address all the concerns yeah so it's best you don't even talk mm, than address them sometimes and leave not talking, more questions not talking also makes the whole thing compound and makes true it weird but if you're going to speak you make sure you're covering your bases don't don't make it too easy for people to pick holes in mm-hmm. your response because that was that was that was too easy mm-hmm. and i'm sure that either they did not run it through because you found that true but you may not be a very good communicator you may not even be good at handling um crisis communication so if they did not run it and i want to believe they had a pr firm Please, someone. I, I, that, I say, I want so to that, that's. I think that's something that probably needs to be addressed. I mean, we know how to create balls and create ball. We don't know how today? to undo. We can make noise. <laughs> no, say today. That is a very funny conversation. But today, I mean, you're doing something that you're working in. I mean, look at it. Your ecosystem is raising how much? Five billion. Sorry, not five billion. One point something billion. Maybe 1.4, 1.6. It shows the scale of your ecosystem. It's still small. So anything you do, you magnified and blown out of proportion. Hmm. It's easy for me to say you're doing well when you're the lone big fish in a small pond. But let me put, drop inside the Atlantic Ocean and then we'll see how good you are. They are giving me signs to stop talking, Sha. But yeah, please <laughs> startups. Learn how to tell stories. It's important, not just for the public. But you get an employee because you tell a good story. So, yeah, job. yeah. And okay. apart from watching Rosim just said, me, I'm, I have my own conspiracy. I have my own conspiracy. Apart from watching Rosim just said, okay. I feel increasingly this year, a lot of companies want to be using the media to further their own agenda. Hmm. So, we have to be very, very careful, and. Um, we try let's just try to be as objective as possible when we're handling issues like this i'm saying this to my guys here and any other person that could care to listen right so yeah let's let's just leave these ceos and their financial <laughs> misconducts <laughs> uh financial there's there's a bigger there's a bigger <laughs> entertainment misconduct <laughs> i was fighting with him so i went to pronounce that word you just mentioned but i said no let me not disgrace myself on <laughs> you didn't give me that way out since <laughs> like three times no 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 
there, there are many ways we could actually approach this, right? Okay. And I decided to choose the easy way. I didn't think of it that time. Just the way the CBN didn't think of a lot of things <laughs> last year. <laughs> yes, a Christmas gift from the CBN and some weird moves. Chimbozim has updates for us on the CBN. Yes, I bring you good um, brethren and sisters. Tidings of great joy. Bring you greetings from the office of Murphy. He has kept all of us busy and ensured that we are all mini economists in the last one week. So let me start with the Christmas gifts as you guys have titled it from next year, January, sorry, February 1st. This is my own um, date, but because there's a deadline. But from next year, February 1st. Um, what is the date that the CBN gave people? Okay. By January 31st, that's, 2023. That's the deadline. Yes. Okay, so from February All 1st. current Naira notes in circulation will, be in, will no longer be considered legal tender. All? Yes. Um, sorry, from 100 naira, 200 naira, 500 naira, and 1,000 naira. Careful not to mention 15 naira because you can't buy anything with 15 naira. Yeah. You can buy something, Shagala, mm. but you don't smoke. What else? Granola. Gala is 100 naira now. I bought Gala 100 naira yesterday. Whoa. Uh, okay, so what can you buy with 15 naira, please? Um, so you could you can buy, buy egg, eggs, no, you can naira. buy egg. Wait, wait, wait. You can buy biscuits. Biscuits, 15 yeah. naira. Is yeah. it fishy or? No, um, half size of, uh, what's the name of that? So it's only kids that can spend because I don't eat do I don't eat biscuits. Yeah. No, it's this wafer. This is very popular milky wafer now. Uh and it may help us out least. That biscuit you should buy that year. Yeah. They are now selling fifty. Pure blitz. 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 Pure smaller one. Yes. Yeah. So biscuits. Economy okay. size. Then three pure water for 50 naira. All right. So that's by the way, Sha. Yeah. So from January thirty uh, 31st. Uh, January 31st is the deadline. So if you currently have your naira notes, if you have held or hoarded naira notes, large quantity. So I'm looking forward to the Why are you talking to Hmm? That's why I was looking at the camera. The person won't um, identify themselves. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully, none of you are. But yeah, that's it. Um, new Naira notes, new 100, 200, 500, and 1,000 Naira will be what, what does this mean exactly? Why Why is the CBN doing this at so, this time? According to the CBN, one is um, the it's difficult to find fit notes, like notes that look good. That's one. That's one excuse. Or one reason that the, um, the CBN government gave. I hear you. That <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult to find really neat notes. I think if I check, I will hardly. I don't think I will find. Okay, I have a decent five hundred naira note and a decent one thousand naira note. But the hundred naira note I used for transport this morning was nothing to write home about. So he has a case there. Secondly, he said that we use those kind of notes for transport. Yeah, true. I no mainly for Okada. Kada. So you suffer. And then that woman that doesn't smile when she's selling the stuff to you. I, no, I reserve it for them. <laughs> if you have a special place in my heart. So I also said that yeah, um the the increasing like technological advancements mean it's easier to counterfeit notes. Mm. So that's a risk. And they are trying to um they are they're also trying to stop that. So the third reason that he gave is that Okay, he said something about the dirty notes. Don't even like they are not. Um, they don't show or reflect a good image of the CBN. I still don't understand that part. How dirty notes affect the CBN's image? But yeah, finally they also said a lot of people are holding. Um, a lot of people are holding their notes. So those are the three reasons he gave. So from fifteenth December or December fifteenth, and twenty twenty three. They would start circulating the new uh, notes. So, hmm. and that's so there's uh, a redesign. Yeah, there's a so, redesign. Well, how much would this cost the CBN now? So, as of 2020, the CBN said it cost about 56 billion naira to print 2.6 billion naira notes. Come again? 56 billion. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> wait, first, wait. 56. Sorry, 58 billion. 58 billion yes to, to print, print 2.5 billion 2.5 billion notes so it costs more to print 
<laughs> of course, it's not as if it's paper now that you just use knife and okay. use Okay, I get it. So it will cost more than 1,000 Naira to print one 1,000 Naira note, obviously. Yeah, something yeah. like that. So on average, uh, so this, this 2.5 billion Naira notes are valued at one point, about 1 trillion um, Naira, or we are valued at 1, 1 trillion Naira in 2020. So let's assume that this will cost something about this um amount or uh, maybe even more oh, okay, okay. and this is this is just printing but not i don't know if the cost of the redesign <laughs> like i saw someone say today either way anybody who is redesigning and that was the first thought that came to my mind yesterday like anyone who is redesigning the new notes person will, person will eat good let's say cash out like mad like i mean yesterday we saw the nmpc spending how much on pr 60 something billion or thereabouts like on they, PR. Just PR. Who's PR. PR for them? Who's this? How far? What are you doing? Side hustle. <laughs> you can't tell your boss that. Like 69 billion for a year. Abi? Yeah, for, yeah, for the year. There are no reports now. 69 billion. Or more. Is it 69 or 89? Sir? How much do they pay their lawyers to ensure they don't enter into the good trouble? How much do they pay their no, lawyers? The, the whole thing is there. I will share it with you after this podcast. Like, number of things that they, so i'm sure with this we all know how much we they spent to do the nigeria air logo hmm. i want it i can uh, draw too you can draw oh well done <laughs> i don't know why i do, <laughs> I do not take my finance classes uh, less, okay uh, so seriously apart from that there is also one more thing that discipline is doing well yes. i think this this move could actually force a lot of people to put their money in the bank which is yes it's real because now you have i mean you have six weeks to do that how do i do that i have like sorry okay six weeks until they start circulating but you have um, about two months before you run out of they're not doing anything to tenera don't worry no yeah oh. <laughs> they're not doing anything to you i just, I just remembered so yeah then if you calculate yeah. this is more than 250. i have about Almost four thousand an hour worth of ten twenty. Are you sure? Yes. Yes. You go back check it. Though, I think <laughs> I've taken out of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, I think a lot of these conversations we are going to be having like more high level stuff. You'll be listening to experts at the fintech summits yeah. twenty twenty two. It's holding in November twenty sixth, and it will be at fin- uh, four points by Sheraton. So you come to hear a lot of things about the fintech space and how it's affecting and improving and impacting the financial lives of Nigerians. So there are a lot of things that you are going to learn when you come. You're going to meet a lot of top top experts in the space, and you get to network. That's like one of the key selling points of any event: the quality of the network and the quality of the products that you're going to be seeing. The kind of product showcase that actually try to solve your problems and it's also the hackathon which will be starting when is it starting it's it has started i mean we've closed entry so if you should be getting mail soon if you registered to let you know if you have gone to the next level or whether you are our podcast audience expo they should be the first people to hear when you are sending the email oh yeah they'll get it between this week uh, this weekend or over the weekend and monday but definitely by tuesday you get a Mm. get a response i know some of you are asking but you get a response yeah you're going to get your response so finally the cbn is also trying to replace is it no not replaced trying to build their own atm so they first of all did their own digital currency now they want to do their own atm unless that's not the case because mm. you put it in someone big english digital card scheme or domestic, domestic card scheme, scheme. Yes. so yeah what's what's going on there quickly so let me start with the news, which is that the CBN wants to launch a domestic card scheme on Monday, January 16th, 2023. So January, I mean, Murphy is planning to go out on a high. So he's get, giving you guys new notes and he's also giving you a domestic card scheme that would start in January 2023. But you may be asking, if you're not a financial person, what's a domestic card scheme? So... If you get your ATM and you look at it, you I'm most sure likely have yeah. Some of my name has been clean, so. But you most likely have a Mastercard, Visa, or Verve, depending on who you are, who your bank is, or what your bank is, whatever English works. But yeah, it's either Mastercard, Visa, or Verve that you you will be getting if you're in Nigeria. So those are like card schemes 
um, that work in Nigeria. Outside Nigeria, you would also have guys like American Express. So they're all card schemes that people use. So, but I don't know what the CBN plans to call their own. I do not want to try to guess. But when they do, it means that you could go to First Bank and they give you a... They could give you a Shango card, for example, instead of a Visa card. And this is actually a new business for the um, for the CBN. So when asked, is it that the CBN is becoming a regulator player to like the NMPC or NIPOST? So NIPOST regulates logistics companies, yeah. but it also, also plays runs yeah. a logistics service. So CBN, they should come and go and acquire a payments license or yeah. a switching license. Uh, that's running switching for, for us. Yeah, that's do that. I mean, maybe they can even get um, a joint banking license to um, to drive um, financial inclusion. Because I mean, they said one of the reasons is that this would deepen financial, financial how inclusion. How does a card scheme deepen? Like any anything that anyone does launches these days, the next thing is financial inclusion. Don't worry, we we're talking about this at the fintech summit. But yeah. come on. Come so on. in the article I wrote, I drew comparisons with India. So India has a card, a domestic card scheme. It's called Rupee, and they've been they've had it since 2012. So Rupee has, is I, I think it currently has about 60 percent of the market share in wow. India. And when they started, a lot of people were not very very sure. I mean, at the in the in the early days, it was Mastercard, Visa that were the major um, players in that space. But the Indian government decided that we need to get into the digital business, and they started so. That's also why I think that if the CBN does this, they could actually get to that place or get to that um, level of dominance very quickly. So one of the things they did was the cost of, so you pay, your banks pay or your financial institution or anybody that wants to give you a card. So it's not just banks alone. So ShopRite can give cards. So your bank has to pay Visa in order for them to issue you a Visa card. Now when they issue you that Visa card, they also, Visa still makes money. From that, so what this means is that if First Bank issues you a Shango card, which is not the name they said, don't go and say it's me that said. <laughs> but if they issue a Shango card, they will have to pay the CBN. Now, India made it easy; they didn't have to pay always. I think they slashed the price like significantly. Mm-hmm. So maybe you have to pay hundred naira to give out one card. No, that I think that's too cheap. Yeah. Maybe two hundred naira for one card, and then um, CBN comes and says, "Oh, we give it to you for twenty-five naira. Who will you go for? Especially if it offers the same value. You go for twenty-five naira. Um, lower operating costs. Also, you have to pay fees yearly to continue using those services. So and the CBN can also slash it significantly. At, at this point, to the value proposition for Mastercard and Visa, which was the ability to buy stuff from foreign. Mm. Websites mm. with the whole Naira issue, that value proposition is getting. Yes, but to be fair, um, you travel to other countries. You yeah, can use a Mastercard. You can see and it if, yes. if I travel to another country, can I you use it? So you can. Oh, you can. Yes, but it's not like you just suddenly can use it. So the CBN has to do some legwork to ensure that. So even for India with rupee, rupee is not is not accepted in every country in the world. There are some merchants in some countries that accept it. There are some merchants that do not accept rupee cards. So it's going to take significant work for the CBN to um, to drive adoption outside Nigeria. It's easy for them to drive adoption outside Nigeria, like I pointed out in the article, which you should go and read. They can always use policies to drive adoption, which to cut down marketing costs so they don't even all they need to do is send out circular to these oh, guys thanks. and say ah how far we have a new we have um the way new family brother soap for us uh we have something that we are selling no? Casting. so they will just tell you that this is what we are doing better get in or anyhow yeah that's one way they can do it yeah. another thing they can do is offer very very good incentives for them to join Apart from strong arming them, you can offer them very good incentives. One of the things that the CBN mentioned is that they are they are looking at it as um, the digital payment scheme um, seen in Nigeria has grown um, significantly over the last decade, and they want to bank on that. So I know we disputed the 200 million figure, but they are also assuming that that's a very that is a huge market here, and they can get in. But 
to your question about financial inclusion, how does that drive financial inclusion? They could finally make it possible that you could conduct transactions on a card. So with your card, it doesn't need to be an ATM card, but with your card, you could make payments. I mean, we have the carry card and with a carry card, you, you're conducting a financial transaction, but you, it's not linked to any account. Yeah. So they could do that, that people can get into the financial system without necessarily having to go through the stress of obligations, yeah, which you now need BVNs for. So that's one way they can do it. And hopefully this is one way. But another thing that's interesting is that this is a very good way for them to drive the whole cashless, which still ties back to the, um, to the policy of taking a lot of money in. They could take a lot of money in or as they're doing this, a lot of people are going to have to find ways to get their money out of the, um, like out of banks or out of the financial system, back into these financial systems, or your money loses a lot of value. So they're going to do a lot of that. One of the things that they said, which is mm-hmm. something... You want to reveal everything in the podcast, so do you want them to go and read everything? Okay, let me talk about the last one. Data sovereignty is something that they are mm-hmm. concerned about. Okay. There's a lot of data that is exchanged. So, it's uh, inter-switch. Oh, inter-switch is even... They are threatening uh, me behind I, the I, camera, people. I if you see me missing, you know what to hold. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, uh, let's I just... tell you something to say, but... Oh, you want to say it? gone. Time has gone. Time okay, gone. no problem. The Our scriptwriters put plenty of stories in the, pod, in the podcast script, and now that they want to kill us. If you see... If you don't see Jingo because it's the one that delayed. <laughs> I did not delay. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right, all right. So, guys, thank you very much for staying with us to the end. And I'm sure you had a lot of interesting insights. And if we didn't give you enough insights, of course, you have more questions for us. You have any suggestions on how we can improve how we deliver the podcast to you? Please let us know. And uh, all our friends and family and where wishes. And enemies that are watching this podcast. <laughs> yes. Very Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Anywhere you see this, please like. Please watch the end and share with your friends. And hit that subscribe button on YouTubers. YouTubers, hit that subscribe button. Please, Instagram and TikTok, please. We need more followers. We need to grow our presence and get this to as many people as possible. And for the audio, of course, if... The video is not your cup of tea. You can always do audio. You can find us on... Yes, you can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Hyatt Radio, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. All right. Let's 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 keep working on this. So that's very, very hard. Immediately, I'm, you can find us on... Google Podcasts. Exactly. All right, guys. <laughs> see you guys. And have a lovely day. Adios. Yeah.